1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's
0: the best With that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. This is the Fantasy Sports and Network, of course, uh, run by Sports Grid. You are
2: Frank Staple. How are you? I'm doing very well, Greg. Despite not getting a lot of sleep last night, a lot of tossing and turning, a lot of thinking going on. I surprisingly feel very spry today. How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing quite well. I just sleep. I still look great.
0: First good night sleep in a long time.
2: Did you, you obviously slept enough because you didn't finish Stranger Things. I'm glad you brought that up, Frank. (laughs) Come on, Greg. I said you had all weekend to watch, like, what, two episodes? That's right. No excuses.
0: Can I give you my excuse? Sure. All right. So, we had um, a couple of Judy's friends stay with us. And they stayed with us and got in on, I have to, and remember, I have to watch the show with Judy, right? Like. We're watching it together. So I can't just wa- wake up early or go to bed late. I have to be with her to watch it. Yep. It's what it is. So they got to our apartment about 11 a.m. on Saturday. We had an engagement party we had to go to for one of Judy's friends for once, not mine, that we were at, uh, at about 1 o'clock on Saturday. We stayed there until about, we got home at like 11 on Saturday night. We were there all day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, her friends came back with us. Can't watch it. then. I mean, they're, they're staying in our one-room apartment, right? Are you with me? Yeah, I got you. All right. So, Sunday morning, we wake up. We had to take an 8.14 a.m. train uh, to Trenton to be picked up by Judy's parents because we had to go to her house yesterday. Why? We had to meet with the rabbi to talk about wedding stuff. Okay. All right? So, we hung out at our house. We did a bunch of wedding stuff. But it was okay because I still planned. We were supposed to take a 657 train home last night. Gets back in Penn Station around 8.30. I'd say I'm home by 9 o'clock. Boom. Watch our two episodes. About it,
2: sleep by eleven,
0: ish. Yeah, and even if we had to push back a little while, half hour, forty five minutes. Yeah, I
2: mean, that's kind of pushing it. But no, I'm all good. All right. like if I had to, if we go to sleep at midnight. Texted you about fantasy baseball waivers last night. No response there. I'll get to that. <laughs> so at that
0: point, if, even if we were going a bit of midnight, fine. We got, we have a, you know, a window. All right. So six fifty seven, I get on this train in Trenton, and the order of stops goes Trenton, Hamilton, Princeton. So Princeton's the second stop as it comes back toward New York City. We're sitting at Princeton Station. The uh, conductor gets on. Hey, everybody, just letting you know there's a problem with the train. The battery uh, is not working. Like this...
2: Never heard that one before.
0: Right. We're going to try to fix it. We'll let you know. All right? So we sit there 15, 20 minutes. We'll let you know. 15, 20 minutes. That gets back on. All right, we uh, seem to fix a problem. We're not quite sure, but we're going to try it. So uh, hopefully this works. I'm like... What? Yeah. So we go. Hopefully in, this works. So we go to New Brunswick. We hit Edison, and as we're pulling up to Metuchen, so it doesn't look like we solved the problem. Uh, we're going to have to ask everyone to deboard the train and evacuate. I'm like, huh?
2: Disaster.
0: All right. So before we pull into Metuchen station, they go. You know what? We're going to try one more thing. We're going to try one more thing. All right.
2: Oh, uh, guess you
0: know what? That didn't work. Everybody's got to get off the train. There's a train right behind us. Don't worry. When's the next train? 35 minutes from now. So everyone deboards a train and this entire platform at Metuchen is swamped with people. So our train was packed, you know? Yep. So the next train's is 35 minutes. I can only imagine how packed that train's going to be plus all of us coming on the train now. Disaster. It's currently, at this moment, 8.15 I was supposed to be, remember, at Penn Station at
2: 8.30. 8.30. Did not work. That was not going to happen. Right.
0: So at that point, looking around, Uber home was 80 bucks.
2: from z
0: From Metuchen in Jersey.
2: Which I assume is Jersey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I look at, I look at Uber again. It's now down to $72. So I'm looking around. Anyone go to the west side? Some guy's are like, actually, I am. I'm like, Really? He's like, yeah, I'm going like 15th Street. I was like, I'm going to Hell's Kitchen. He's like, you can find another person. I'm in. I'm like, all right.
2: You're recruiting Uber mates. I'm like, all right.
0: So, uh, so then I say a little bit louder, right? I'm like,
2: anyone going to the West Side?
0: Done. I'm in. Some guy, beard, tattoos. It was like, all right, this guy. The opposite of Greg. Opposite of me. Okay of the Uber. He'll be there in fifteen minutes. Guy can't find us in the parking lot. Of course, he's on the other side of the tracks, different parking lot. Great, we're perfect. in this. We're in this small red Kia, where you have to roll down roll down the windows and have a button. Oh, one of those. You roll down the old windows. Old school. Yeah, we're going old school here. I don't think the air conditioner worked because he didn't have it on. As I later found out, no Easy Pass, so he's pulling out change every time he gets to a toll to like throw it in the bucket. Great. Uh huh. We hit major traffic at the tunnel. I uh, walked into my apartment about 10.30. 10.30?
2: Yeah. Wow. missed the entire Yankee game, too.
0: I missed the entire Yankee game. Great game.
2: Yeah. Well, not if you're Chris owner, of
0: course. I'm, I am that as well. So we, long story short, we were able to watch one episode of Stranger Things.
2: Ah, great. What about Friday night?
0: Friday night. What about you Friday night? No excuses. Oh, Judy worked till 1
2: a.m. Oh. Judy
0: worked till 1 a.m., got freaking home. late. I'm and I uh, I was at a bar watching the Yankee game.
2: Greg, that is back-to-back weekends now where everything you touch basically goes to hell. Hell. Yeah. Hell. I don't know if I can leave you to draft our GST team without me around. That might not be smart.
0: <laughs> might
2: not be Next smart. Next thing we're going to find out Greg draft- drafted Devontae Freeman. AJ, AJ Green. AJ Green. Yeah. Gosh.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. But good news was, so this crew, we were sitting and laughing the entire way home. This is like a true Uber pool, you know, because I just recruited people.
2: Yeah. It's interesting, by the way.
0: Right. So one guy's like in law school, I'm like, all right, it's cool. Uh, tattoo, beard guy, he just wants to get to the city. He was in the, he was playing a poker tournament in Jersey with his dad. He's coming back. He's like a manager at Bar Bacon. And he goes, anytime you want free drinks, you come to me and just say, touching Uber, you're good. I'm like, all right. That's a pretty
2: good setup. Yeah.
0: Nicest guy in the world, John. All right. Big fan so when of John. You, when
2: are you taking me there?
0: When can you talk about it? Let's go. I'm touching Uber. <laughs> Today's show, training camp roundup for the next two hours. Stick around.
3: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections, and now the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
1: Are you, or someone you love, one of the nearly one million Americans living with Parkinson's disease? There is no known cure. But you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will help get you started. Visit michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack to download the new Parkinson's trial participant pack. It's free and available right now. That's michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack. Visit today. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call one 800 carmats WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America.
0: With you here, BFFs. What episode's to go for me of Stranger Things? I will finish tonight, Frank. I promise. We, we hope. I promise I'll finish tonight. So I, I, I still keep saying, you keep asking me who I think the annoying character is, right? And other than.
2: You should know by now. The Wheeler's
0: mom, like, who's the worst.
2: We'll talk about it more tomorrow.
0: I can't talk about who the an annoying character is. Like,
2: no, I, you've, yeah, you've already told me. Will is yeah, he, you told me, like, off the air, obviously. I'll say you on
0: the air, too. Like, Will is the most annoying character ever. Like, he's horrible, this kid. <laughs> Like I know he was like left out of the crew in season one. Understandably why? Because he sucks.
2: not nice, Greg. You don't feel that way? I mean, I think everyone plays a role, you know? What's Will's role? Being a bitch? <laughs> yeah. I mean he's the he's the one who can't get a girlfriend. Or like might, do we... might be Nah. Might be
0: I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so.
2: But you know, there was always one of those guys, right?
0: But like Mike's wasn't all- interested in girls. Honestly, wanted to
2: continue playing video games. Mike's also old.
0: Mike's also a bitch, for the
2: record. So you basically just don't like the show. I didn't say that. I like all the right. show. All right. Well, you, you hate Luke- a lot of things that you still consume.
0: I just said I, I just said certain people are annoying and terrible. That's not bad. I only right. it's that's, a very fair. L- it's a large ensemble cast. I only don't like three of them. That's pretty good. Like I think that's Lu- a pretty good ratio for you. I think like Lucas is awesome.
2: Most people don't like Lucas. Really? Yeah. He's awesome. Why do they like him? I mean, he was kind of annoying in season one. Okay. Yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't really have much to do anymore. So yeah, it's like, I think he's just funny. He was annoying in season one,
0: though. Obviously, people still, st- people still love Dustin or they're out on Dustin. Have they turned on him yet?
2: No, I think everyone still likes him. All right. Yeah.
0: Is Steve everyone's favorite character?
2: Yeah, well, Steve's like yeah, right. the Jamie Lannister of. Yeah. You know, he's the anti hero. He season- started off hating him.
0: He's not even an anti hero anymore. Him. Not anymore. Like, he's a full not. hero now. He was a heel in season one. Yeah. Had a, had a t- face turn Full circle. Face in season two, and now he's like full-fledged face in season three.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think cool. he's a crowd favorite.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say so, too. Yeah, it's pretty good. I feel good about it. I, I'm enjoying it. I don't think Judy likes it anymore, though. Really? So I asked her like every day, can I just finish it myself? <laughs> She's like, no. But I'm like, you don't even like it. You don't even pay attention. All right. I don't think I
2: could do. Training camp, Craig. All right. <laughs> we lose everyone with our stranger things talk. Well, it's
0: really just my opinions on things, and, and life in general.
2: Yeah, it's and uh, you know is Greg's disaster weekends.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Disaster weekend also for A.J. Green, who said, hey, we're going to be pretty good if we can stay healthy. Guess what, Frank? They didn't stay healthy. They've lost their left tackle, and now they've lost their top wide receiver, as once again, A.J. Green hurts that foot or ankle, and he's out after tearing ligaments in his ankle. He is out give or take, Frankie, the next six to eight weeks, the next two months is what I was going to say. He will not be ready to start the season. And A.J. Green, who was going, we thought, is actually really nice value toward the end of the third round. Not nice value anymore.
2: So thankful that I didn't get any shares while I was doing best ball drafts, Greg. Yeah, Yeah, I saw his ADP already. I used uh, the NFFC from yesterday's drafts, and he has slipped into the sixth round. So I put out that poll before the show asking people, where they think AJ Green should go now that we have this news again if he's closer to that 8 week timetable we're looking at him returning week 3 week 4 at best of the NFL season and then he's already had so many foot ankle here toe injury last year he's very much open to re-injury here too so this is just a terrible situation all around for AJ Green the Cincinnati Bengals offense overall uh, just the Cincinnati Bengals, their fans, fantasy owners already Um Pulling up the poll from before the show, Greg, I asked, where do you feel comfortable drafting AJ e. Green now? Fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, or avoiding him? 48% are saying they're avoiding him. 20% on sixth round, 20% on seventh round. Only 11% in the fifth. So you're probably getting it in the 6th or the 7th round as a discount. But if you just want to like wash your hands of the situation, you could just say, nope, not doing it. What would you do? In keeper leagues, I would be very interested. Especially in leagues where you know it moves up a round or you can keep that player for said round. So I would be very interested there. Uh, similar situation in Dynasty. If If I'm in a rebuilding year right now, I would look into him. In season-long, look, I think with the right roster construction, if I have a lot of picks that I feel s- are safe early on, my first round, second round, third round picks, if I can afford to take a risk, then sure. You know, in that if I could get him in the seventh round, like at that point, all right, even if he misses a month, that's a really good value. But we already have a lot of concerns about guys that are going in those early rounds, right? Like you can't pair Todd Gurley and A.J. Green together. I mean, that's, that's just too much risk involved. So I think you have to be smart about it. I think that there is a very clear buying situation here, but I would have to have picks that I feel really, really safe about as a foundation of my team if I'm going to get end up with AJ Green. But I mean, again, you can end up with him as your your wide receiver three, Greg. Your flex, maybe maybe even a bench wide receiver if you draft three wide receivers before the sixth or seventh round. So in a situation like that, I could see I could see buying into AJ Green, but. Man, I, I really have to, I have to feel good about my, uh, my early round picks there first. What do you think?
4: So for me,
0: it's not even about feeling good about my early round picks, to be honest with you. I think a lot of the draft is minimizing risk. It's to throw your darts, but really be really smart about throwing them. And I know at times I've taken an overly cautious approach to some of these injury guys, not buying on the injury optimism. We'll talk to Virginia about this, or you'll talk to Virginia about this on Thursday, I'm sure.
2: Oh, it's Greg's leaving me again.
0: Right. Um, I am heavily, heavily concerned about A.J. Green, who's now on the wrong side of 30, who has now battled injuries to his lower leg repeatedly. And this isn't one of those cases that we've seen the last couple of years with Mark Ingram or Doug Martin where they're suspended for four games and they come back in week five and they're healthy. Nor is it, going positively for A.J. Green, a player at that magnitude, right? Like, Because A.J. Green has the ability to be a top wide receiver in the league. But I have to question how what he will be. Coming back, Like, if it's the A.J. Green of old, that's awesome value, getting him in the seventh round, obviously. But where he was going this year, which was the end of the third, potentially early fourth, his draft stock was saying, hey, this is not the same guy we were drafting in the first or second round just a couple of years ago. And I I think it's fair to wonder when he comes back, how close will he be to 100%? If the Bengals start 0-4, do they get... Antsy to bring him back, or do they get more cautious because they're like, you know what, we don't want to rush anything? With A.J. Green, you're going to have more question marks. If he's going in the 6th or the 7th round, Frank, what wide receivers are we comparing him to? Who is going in a similar spot to A.J. Green then?
2: So just ahead of him, Dante Pettis and Alan Robinson, and just behind him, Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey, Robbie Anderson, Christian Kirk, Sammy Watkins.
0: Now that's an area you've kind of liked. The Dante Pettis, Christian Kirk spot. Yep. And you asked me last week how I would rank some of those guys, and I wasn't nearly as high on them as you. I think for me, you're going to take, ultimately you're going to take a risk here is what you're saying. Like, you're going to take a risk, whether it be on an upside guy like Pettis or Kirk, we haven't seen much from, or on a guy bouncing back from an injury like a Cooper Cup or an A.J. Green. What do you do? That's what you're going to have to ask yourself. Are you more comfortable in the risk of a younger player and probably trying to get more consistency rather than the 2-for-30s or the 3-for-30s some of these wide receivers can give you? Or would you rather take a risk with a wide receiver who has proven himself, obviously, but has now battled injury after injury after injury? What do you do? That's a question I think fantasy owners have to ask themselves. I don't know, roundabout way, obviously. I don't know what my answer to that question would be. yet. I don't. But it's going to be a long and hard and thoughtful decision before I'm just able to answer that poll.
2: So I've lowered him down to wide receiver 29 for me personally. So that's just behind. I have uh, at 25, 26, 27, and 28. Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis, and Sammy Watkins. So, I have those four just ahead of A.J. Green uh, right now. So, again, if those guys are off the board, then A.J. Green is probably the next one that I'm looking at. There's still a lot to pay attention to here. Like, we'll see see and hear reports throughout training camp leading up to the season to see if he's progressing and getting better. Uh, but, yeah, there is a, there's a lot of risk with all these players
0: involved. You're talking about wide receivers. I have one more wrinkle I want to throw out there when we return.
5: Andro400.com. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20 or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com for free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com Fat100.com, that's Fat100.com
0: Season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing And the Roto Experts have you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package With the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts provide dynasty, season-long betting, best-ball, and NFL giraffe content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. That's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, available only at rotoexperts.com. Frank, speaking of the NFL 365, uh, for YouTube and on YouTube, you have been you have restarted once again your whiteboard series. We have the number one pick. Who should you draft? That is up. Number five is coming as well. Uh, series getting started. How are you feeling?
2: I feel very good. It's a lot of fun, obviously, to do it. Happy to do it again. Got a lot of really good feedback on the first video, the number one overall pick. A lot of people letting me know which pick that they want me to get to and different uh, strategies that they want me to try out, so going to try and get to all of those before the middle of August when I will be away. But yeah, we filmed the, the fifth overall pick today that should be out later on today as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Number five pick is really for most people when the draft starts this year because we all know the top four picks are consensus running backs. So uh, yeah, thought it would be helpful to do someone so a pick in the middle round there and uh, do the fifth overall pick. So it's fun. Look forward to it, great.
0: Absolutely. So now one last question, one last comment I should say, when it comes to A.J. Green, and that is, you mentioned, like, safety in the early rounds. To me, it's more about roster construction, which is a you comment, but it's true. Roster construction you in the early rounds. You usually kill me for that. I do. <laughs> but I really feel that way when it comes to A.J. Green. Like, I can't have A.J. Green as somebody that I, my wide receiver three. Like, he has to be the fourth wide receiver that I draft.
2: And you could very easily make that happen if you get him in the seventh round.
0: Sure, but it wouldn't necessarily be the case, right? Like, if, I, if I'm guaranteeing my it's the seventh round, let's say.
2: Probably more likely your third wide receiver. Correct. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't do that. I'd rather, as my third wide receiver, take a shot on some of the upside guys.
2: You said something interesting earlier about uh, just regarding A.J. Green, thinking that, what, the, the talent has fallen off? the way Potentially. That you, the way that you worded it, but last year when he was healthy, weeks one to eight, he was the wide receiver seven overall. So I don't really have concerns about, you know, can he still play when he's on the field? I think that he was going in that late third, early fourth round range because so many people have already been burned by A.J. Green that they're letting him pass. But for the people who haven't, like, I haven't really had many uh, much A.J. Green exposure over the past couple of seasons I, I was willing to jump in on that value in the I al- third round.
0: I also haven't been loaded up yeah. with AJ Green uh in the past few seasons. I was with you. I was right there with you in the end of the third round saying, Hey, this is a great spot, man. Like you're having AJ Green in the third, early fourth. Like, I love it. We can't do that anymore.
2: Yeah. What does this do for Tyler Boyd? Green? Yeah.
0: So I knew that question was coming, obviously, and we spoke about it when we did our Bengals preview. Tyler Boyd was a better wide receiver in fantasy football when AJ Green was on the other side of the field with him. So I think, in all honesty, This increases Tyler Boyd's draft stock, but probably not his performance.
2: So Scott Barrett actually tweeted this out over the weekend that the split with and without A.J. Green and with A.J. Green in the lineup, Tyler Boyd averaged 17.4 PPR points per game and without him 12.8 PPR points per game. But it is worth mentioning and shout out to Big Timer in the chat. He was someone who brought this up to me and pointed it out that a few of those games that Tyler Boyd played without AJ Green he also played without Andy Dalton so mm-hmm. you have to take that into consideration he had Jeff Driscoll throwing him the ball so obviously they're going to be better with Andy Dalton but i i would still i would have a similar stance that having AJ Green on the field does help Tyler Boyd because it's he's going to attract more defensive attention just having AJ Green out there obviously helps Andy Dalton tremendously in the Bengals offense overall you know, maybe this uh, you knock down Joe Mixon a little bit because of this injury as well. You know their offense just isn't going to be as good. There might not be as many scoring opportunities. But having AJ Green on the outside attracting that defensive attention, having another safety there that has to pay attention to him, that leaves things more open. Obviously, in the middle of the field where Tyler Boyd plays the slot. So I would still have a similar stance. Maybe the split wouldn't be this drastic if Andy Dalton had played those games. But I am still going to stick with, I think Tyler Boyd is a better fantasy option when A.J. Green is on the field versus when he is not.
0: I liked Tyler Boyd a lot, as we said during our Bengals preview. But without A.J. Green, I just think...
2: His ADP has already gone up, too. Yesterday, his ADP was 50. So he's now going where he was going before Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, uh, that whole breakout crew. He's now going ahead of all those guys, Greg. And that's something you don't agree with. No, I, I, oh, I, I... Receiver 22 off the board.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I like Tyler Boyd. I, I, we did the Bengals preview. I told you that. But I, I, as the draft stock rises, I'm concerned that he's miscast as number one receiver. Do we have... Oh, I'm going to get up right now. The Bengals schedule to start off the season, right? So I have that up. Okay. And again, it's not necessarily an indication of how those defenses will be, but let's talk it out. So week one, they face the Seahawks.
2: Not nearly as daunting of a matchup as it used to be.
0: Week two, the 49ers?
2: They have good corners, but those guys play on the outside. They have Sherman, and I don't know what they're going to get from uh, Barret because he's That's been right. so injury prone. Of course. But I think like a slot receiver should be able to have success. But does he those stay two
0: in the teams. does he stay in the slot? AJ Green gone.
2: I would have to look it up if his positioning on the field changed when when AJ Green was out. But I'm pretty sure he was just mostly slot receiver throughout the entirety of the okay, season.
0: Okay, fine. Uh, faces the Bills in week three, Darius White.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, doesn't necessarily, doesn't usually follow people into the slot. All right, so you
0: don't really care about Last that. Last year, the, Tyler <laughs>
2: Boyd played uh, 89% of the snaps overall, and 63% of those were in the slot. So, a decent amount. Yeah. Two-thirds, two-thirds. of the time he yeah. was on the field, he was playing the slot. I feel like you don't care about this exercise. It's just, I, I can't really tell you who's most teams' slot corners are. Obviously. Or how they're going to fare uh, against him. So... I still, I like Tyler Boyd, but do I want him going ahead of uh, Lockett, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, that group? Probably no, not. No, and that's currently how I have it ranked, too. I have Tyler Boyd starts off that next tier, which is basically like the late fifth, early sixth round of wide receivers.
0: Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, anything else on Cincinnati before we move on, Frank?
2: Do you devalue Joe Mixon a lot because of this? You might see more catches, no, more targets. Because I don't,
0: do any, I don't. I don't do anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, we hit, on, uh, we hit on both A.J. Green. Uh, and then with Andy Dalton, this probably maybe lowers him a tad, but no one's really excited about Andy Dalton anyway. No one's going into even a super flex draft or a two-quarterback draft. No one's going into the draft saying, oh, I got to make sure I get Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton in no. the draft. So he is what he is. You know, he's just outside I'm also admittedly, those QB2 range. I'm also admittedly, as you know, I'm not the
0: biggest. I can't even tell you why. But I'm not the biggest Joe Mixon guy this year.
2: Well, I mean, you probably have skepticism about the offensive line I do, and, I and the offense overall.
0: Uh, true story. In, the, um, in my Uber last night, this guy, Nick, who sat in the back with us, yeah. he has a big fantasy football player. They, they all were, so we had a long fantasy football conversation, which was cool. <laughs> and he said in his league, players that have these violent pass, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, are ineligible. You really? cannot draft them.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, yeah, just. You don't even have to have that debate about, you know, nope. that internal debate of drafting someone who, uh, you know, might go against your ethics or morals, obviously. I think it goes against everybody's morals. Yeah, most people. Yeah. Should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That should be the case. Thought, that's I interesting. I, was, I never heard that before. Yeah, me either. I, I was
0: crazy. like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Junior's like, that's cool.
2: Yeah. F, that's fair, yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but, you know, soon the entire player pool might be inel- eligible then. Let's hope not, buddy. Let's, Let's, yeah, for sure. Let's hope not. We
0: mentioned wide receiver injuries, and I think you have to, if you're mentioning wide receiver injuries, you can't not mention the New York Giants, who had really two days of practice. Uh, They've lost Sterling Shepard to a Uh, fractured thumb, but it looks like the fractured top of his thumb. He was doing individual uh, individual reps, and there seems to be no concern for his availability week one. Corey Coleman tore his ACL, and then over the weekend, Saturday morning, it comes out by Adam Schefter, that Golden Tate is suspended, and he's going to appeal that suspension uh, early next week. But he is suspended, as he claims he took a drug to uh, try to help him conceive a child. Of course, this comes right after he already already, already, that's weird, uh, conceived a child. Uh, that's when he was taking the drug. It was after the season, but he tests positive for this drug. He didn't realize it was uh, in it. We'll see what happens to the appeal. Golden Tate suspended for four games.
2: Yeah, just a really weird situation. It, it's unfortunate overall for the New York Giants, um, and it's it's just weird to me that, you know, originally the injury for Sterling Shepherd just sounds like a normal broken thumb, and then I remember on Friday you mentioned that he was already catching passes at practice and still working through uh, individual drills overall. So, you know, it's going to be interesting, something to pay attention to for both of these guys because, you know, if there's no Golden Tate around for the first four weeks and obviously Sterling Shepard for DFS and and, and even season-long that first month of the season, you would see a massive target share. I mean, I think this still ultimately just ends up helping Evan Ingram the most of all because if Sterling Shepard's not 100% or if he tries to play through something, he might re-injure himself. If Golden Tate misses the first month of the season, it's probably just going to be the Evan Ingram show. And basically, in games without Odell Beckham in his career, Evan Ingram has been great. Well, guess what? There's no more. Uh, there's no more Odell Beckham l- left here uh, with the with the New York Giants. So I, I like Evan Ingram a decent amount this year, even with the question marks regarding Eli Manning's decline play. And uh, you know, they're talking about like Daniel Jones might actually have a legit shot to play a decent amount this year, Greg. So uh, overall, I still think that Evan Ingram. Very talented player, and you know, they they need talent on that team. I, I think ultimately because of that, he's going to see a decent target share here. I think he's probably the biggest beneficiary.
0: Totally agree with that. Yeah. Is there any interest in any of these other guys, the Benny Fowlers of the world, the Darius Slaytons of the world, the uh, Cody
2: Latimers? No, nah, I mean, they might pop a little bit here or there, but I don't think that there's going to be much consistency. Those guys have all been in the league for a while now and haven't really been able to put anything together. Cody Latimer, I mean, that's a blast from the past. I remember... When you know he was playing alongside Demarius Thomas, we all thought that he was going to be a thing with the Denver Broncos, but it's never really come to fruition. So, uh, personally, no, I don't. I don't really have any interest in those wide receivers outside of uh, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. And even then, I don't really like Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard much this year for fantasy. What do you think? Do you like those guys?
0: I didn't. As we talked about, like yeah. I was, I was always passing on Golden Tate and Sterling Shepherd when the other wide receivers. There's just were
2: there. other guys in that range, like that eight to ten range, that have more upside. Yep. So I don't really want much exposure to the Giants' offense.
0: I obviously very much agree with that. Outside of Saquon Barkley. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, a whole lot more injuries, including your wide receiver, on the other side of New York. I'll tell you about it next.
1: Proudly made in America.
3: Fantasy football frenzy.
5: If it was the same foot he hurt last year, I would think more along the lines you are. But since it's the other foot, you know, it just twisted it and just twisted ankle it. Ankle injuries Obviously.
3: don't heal. I have twin ligaments in both ankles, they do not heal. How long ago did you tear the ligaments? I have twin ligaments in both ankles. I have twin ligaments have twin... Have you If you let me answer, Jim, you keep interrupting well, You're you not answer answer it, though. You I'm, trying, trying, to I'm trying to answer again, again and you're talking. Watch live weekdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, on the FNTSY YouTube channel.
0: Back with you here on the BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. We mentioned the Giants. mentioned A.J. Green. Frank, I think we should mention what else is going on in New York. As Jamison Crowder left practice today uh, due to some cramping or something going on in his leg, but it was serious enough where they're having an MRI on that lower leg. Frankie?
2: Yeah, Jamison Crowder right now, basically free in drafts, going at around pick 160, wide receiver 59 off the board. I think Look, he's always had talent and we I think we've always wanted Jameson Crowder to be more than he's actually been so far but you know, he dealt with foot and ankle injuries last year, maybe even the year before as well. So this is a really really uh concerning sign here for uh, Jameson Crowder and the Jets offense overall. This isn't a team that has a ton of depth. So they had their wide, their three wide receiver set was Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder, Quincy and Nunwa. And I and I think after that we're looking at like Deontay Burnett who was uh teammate of Sam Darnold at USC flashed a little bit at times last year but still kind of skeptical about what he is at the NFL level so we're going to have to see here uh if the Jets do anything if they make a corresponding move I've I've seen some you know Jets people on Twitter already talking about you know potentially signing some veterans that are still available as some depth uh, but I guess that is going to depend on how serious this crowder injury is. So again, he's going for an MRI on his foot. He's dealt with these injuries in the past. Obviously, for, you know, Quincy Nuna, if he goes back into the slot now, and that helps him a ton. I you know, I think that Adam Gase's offense is, some, is one that features the slot wide receiver a decent amount, and we've seen Quincy Nuna have uh success there. And for Robbie Anderson, Greg, if you remember, part of the reason I was skeptical of him was because there were a lot of targets around well, one of them goes down. That, that means there's more available to go Robbie Anderson's way. So, you know, for those people that are buying in on uh, Robbie Anderson, if he can stay healthy, everyone around him is kind of injury prone. nuno has been injury prone. Crowder's been injury prone. If anything happens to those two guys, I mean, we saw what his upside could be in that final month of the season last year.
0: Absolutely, and now Quincy Inunua, uh, I, it has been a bit of a forgotten man, I think, thus, this far this offseason uh, for the Jets. He's had some success. He's a really big target for Sam Darnold, and I remember we were all aboard the Inunua train when everybody went down for this Jets team.
2: It was that first game of the season against the Lions where he was heavily targeted and had a really, really big game, so we thought that he would have a big role for PPR. didn't really come to fruition.
0: It didn't, ultimately. Um I think Robbie Anderson's still by far the most talented wide receiver. And I think theoretically, Adam Gase should get the best out of him, and he should be able to to play pitch and cash with Sam Darnold and Adam Gaze, that's, and that's, that's Robbie a Dangerous
2: Anderson. game you're playing there, Greg. I know. Adam Gase, trusting Adam Gase. I know, but I I understand why Robbie Anderson. I like Robbie where Anderson going where he's going. I was a little bit more skeptical. Again, they brought in. They also brought in Le'Veon Bell. Like they didn't have a running back of that caliber last year would demand as many targets as Le'Veon Bell would or, you know, a running back that they can use as a wide receiver. They can even use Ty Montgomery as a wide receiver if that's something that they wanted to mess around with. So I just think, again, there's a lot of targets on this Jets offense, and I don't want to have a lot of faith in Adam Gase overall. I think Sam Darnold is a promising young quarterback, but he only did it over the final four weeks. It's something that he has to build upon, and I think he will, but is is he going to hit his upside in year two? Probably not. I still think that there's going to be a lot of room for improvement. Uh, but yeah, Robbie Anderson's going in that same range as other wide receivers we expect to have big seasons, or at least I do, like the Christian Kirk and Dante Pettis. It's really that group uh, that people are expecting to take that big next step this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, that group is somewhat, see that group is obviously a, a unit of guys that we think could break out. Robbie Anderson's already broken out. Right, like Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis, we're we're hoping they can become I number mean, one wide receivers. Dante Robbie Anderson's Pettis done was really it, good last year too. He was, but not for not to the for the amount of time that Robbie Anderson was. Right, like we've seen. Yeah, it.
2: it was like a three four week stretch.
0: But it hasn't. It wasn't just last year with Robbie Anderson. It was Year before too. Like we've seen True. it repeatedly now from Robbie Anderson, who in year two with Sam Darnold should be the best quarterback he's played with and potentially the best offense he's played in. I think there's a lot of arrows pointing up for Robbie Anderson.
4: Uh, yeah,
2: I mean, I understand. There's people who are a lot more optimistic about him than I am. Really talented, but also really, really slight frame. He's like six foot three, 180 pounds, so just really, really skinny. Uh, needs to stay healthy. Needs to be on the field as well. But you know, I do have my concerns. But I understand why people are ultimately buying into Robbie Anderson, Greg. This group to me is like a lesser version of that Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett group. These are like three guys that everyone is kind of pegging as those next breakout guys that are going a few rounds later. The Kirk, Pettis, Robbie Anderson group, that's like the next breakout wide receiver group after the Ridleys, Mike Williams, Tyler Locketts, and DJ Moores of the world. And I get it. I think they're all really talented players. No,
0: no question about it. Now, I wanted to move on. We were talking about wide receivers, but we got to move on to the running backs because the other big story over the weekend was not the surprising release of Theo because it wasn't a surprise. You... Oh, was it you okay? Should I shake your pants? <laughs> um, yeah, I have to run to the bathroom. Yeah, me. I'm sure you do. Not the surprising release of Theoretic, but I think it was the timing that surprised us because we thought, all right, maybe Final Cut's Theoretic will will not be on the scene. Whoever that is, by the way, his fan looks exactly like me. Um, the
2: person does kind of look like me right, right That's weird. Is if that? anyone is also watching the Stephen A. Smith show in the background while you're watching the BFF, that, like, that person looks like Greg. It really does. I can't see who their name is, though.
0: Whoever that is has, like, my posture, has my tan. That's weird. All right. Um, so anyway, anyway.
2: No one has your tan, Greg, only you. Thanks, man. It means a lot to me.
0: Uh, <laughs> Theo Riddick was cut now, and I think that was more of, like, one of those, I want to cut you so you can find another job type of things. He's been a loyal member of the organization for a long time, so we don't want to screw you over. So they cut Theo Riddick, and then the fantasy community, Frankie especially, craving. Carry on Johnson because there's nobody standing in the way now reception wise for Carry on Johnson. So you believe, and I want to misquote you, but you believe he's gonna get the majority of the carries, the majority of the receptions, he's going to be a three down back. What, if anything, makes you hesitant about carry on Johnson at this point?
2: Just the fact that the Lions might not be a good football team. I think that's a <laughs> that's something obviously huge to consider here. They want to be a ground-and-pound, smash-mouth football. Matt Patricia wants to play defense, and he wants to run his team the way he wants to run his team. And we saw that last year, that they started to make that transition into being more of a run-first football team, whereas in years past, Matt Stafford would always be amongst the elite leaders in terms of pass attempts. That's what they were under you know, Jim Bob Cooter and uh, Jim Caldwell back in the day. They, they used to throw the ball a ton. Last year, they wanted to get back to running the football. And this is something I spoke to Eric Young about a lot while you, weren't, uh, while you were gone, Greg, is everybody in the NFL wants to be a running football team. Everybody wants to, quote, establish their run, right? But you need to be a good football team in order to do that. You know, if you're down 14 points, 17 points in the blink of an eye, then you're not going to be able to run the football as much. So me personally, I know a lot of people are skeptical of the Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia. I, I, I get that. But I looked at the additions that they made in the offseason, and I come out on the side that I think that their defense is going to be improved this season. And I think the Detroit Lions might be a little bit more competent this season. So I'm excited about on Johnson. I was already excited about him. And you know, look at what Theo leaves behind last year. Seventy-four targets, sixty-one receptions. And he wasn't even used as much as he normally is. So just that many targets and receptions that are left behind at the running back position. I don't see how you can't be excited about on Johnson.
0: Now, the one thing that, if you would ask me that same question, like, what hesitancy do I have on him? Yep. Outside, And so the first answer, you're right. How good would the Lions be? Will they be in comeback mode a lot? Which is okay if he's the the running back that's out there. Like, all right, cool. That's fine.
2: Better pass catcher than CJ Anderson.
0: No doubt about yeah. it. The second problem is is the goal line. Like, we saw CJ Anderson uh, do a really nice job with the Rams at the goal line and in short yardage
2: situations. Is
0: that a concern for you?
2: It could be because it was, it was a concern last year, right? They were still using Legarrette Blunt, even though he sucked. He sucked. But once they figured Tell out us how, how good, you really feel, <laughs> once they figured out how carry on John, how great Carry on Johnson is, you saw him start to be used more inside the red zone. I, I believe, I could be wrong, Greg, and correct me if I am. I'm sure. sure I will. Nah, come on, have a little faith in your boy. But I remember a drive where the Detroit Lions. Tried on like first and second down, they're on the goal line. They try to punch it in with LeGarrette Blunt. Doesn't work, doesn't work. They're like, screw it. Third down, they put on Johnson in. He bangs it in. And I think it was that moment that Matt Patricia realized he's like, all right, you know, let me stop doing this LeGarrette Blunt thing. I think CJ Anderson is a better player than LeGarrett Blunt at this point. So you worry about that a little bit more. But overall, I think that Carryon Johnson earned a lot of the trust of. Matt Patricia, and the Lions coaching staff last year, and I'm hoping that he builds off of that. Greg, I'll throw it back your way. Would you raise him in your rankings? Before, I thought you were a little bit more skeptical of him, admittedly. Would you move him ahead of guys like Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, and that whole third-round running back crew now?
0: So, I was looking at that running back crew. I'm still going to have Nick Chubb and Damian Williams ahead of him. I don't put him in that
2: class. Are- Round two running back.
0: I agree. Yeah. So I'm not putting him there yet. I am putting Carryon Johnson above Derrick Henry. I am putting Carryon Kerry, Johnson. Remember, for me, you like Devontae Freeman too. That's exactly where I was going. For me, he was below Devontae Freeman. I think that I still like Devontae Freeman more.
2: <laughs> you can't quit this guy, Craig. <laughs> Does he have uh, like nude photos of you or something? No, that he he's doesn't. threatening you with.
0: I think this crew that on Johnson is in, with, for me, with Devontae Freeman, Marlon Mack, and Aaron Jones is the right spot. Like, I have no idea. Like, Leonard Fournette is like this outlier for me. Like, I'm probably just not drafting Leonard Fournette. Like, I've, I've come around.
2: Finally learning. I'm just not yeah, doing you only, it. You, you only need one more season of two games played from Devontae Freeman b- before you learn from that one, too. Uh,
0: <laughs> probably so. Like this, these guys. Like, there's Marlon Mack, Karrion Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Aaron Jones here. Like, I really like this. And there
2: Josh Jacobs in there, too. I like him a decent amount as well. Yeah, he's
0: after these guys for me, probably. But I really like these guys a lot.
2: I like a lot of them as well. And I don't as, know. As much as I'm bashing Devontae Freeman, I have him part of this tier. I have him at the lower yeah, no, they, part of this yeah. tier. But if he were available at the end of the third round and all those other guys were gone, I, I wouldn't hesitate to take him. I really. Like, I it's really just that like I, I like some of these other players because of their youth and. I can't even say the offense that they play in because the Falcons' offense should be really good as well. But just the youth is on the side of those guys with Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack and on Johnson and obviously Josh Jacobs. So I have those four ranked ahead of Devontae Freeman. And I move on Johnson up uh, basically to the front of that tier. I have him ahead of Aaron Jones now. That's...
0: So I... If I... The NFFC, their current ADP has Devontae Freeman after these guys. So if I take Devontae Freeman out... and Again, Leonard Fournette's going to go to the bottom of these guys because I don't want him. But... Aaron Jones and, and Marlon Mack and Kerryon Johnson,
2: like, I don't... They go within three picks of each other. Yeah,
0: 30, 30, 31, 32, or 33, 33, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how to differentiate them, in all honesty. Like, Aaron Jones, like, he's a great pass catcher. Jamal Williams is still there. Marlon Mack, he's not going to catch any passes. And Naheem Hines is still there.
2: Well, might be the best offense of the three.
0: Correct. Yeah. Now, carry on Best John-
2: offensive line, you can't argue that.
0: Carry on Johnson's going to catch the passes, no doubt about that, but he may not be the goal linebacker. I, 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 I don't know.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean... But it's
0: an offense, unlike the other two, that wants to run the football.
2: True. So... But, the, I mean, this is a new Packers offense as well. It is, but... like Same with Matt you, LaFleur. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you're going to pass the football. Yeah. Same with Andrew. And Long. Aaron Rodgers, it, it, even if you call a play for a run... He's probably going to audible Same with out.
0: Andrew Luck. <laughs> so you look at his Lions offense, you're like, hey, they want to play smash mouth or run the football. Maybe I should have out Johnson ahead of these guys.
2: And I think that their offensive line is going to play better this year. If you remember last year, I was very excited about their offensive line. They suffered some major injuries early on in the season that were basically nagging all season long, which held back their offensive line. But I think it's going to be better this year. Not better than the Colts. The Colts is a top five offensive line in the league. But I would say the Lions and Packers probably... Both are solidly like a top 15 offensive line, top half of the league.
0: I feel like in the non ppr you're drafting Mack out of those, just those three guys, mm-hmm. probably last because he's not catching any passes, right? In non ppr I yeah. mean, you would put him first, wouldn't you? I'm sorry, I meant in PPR. I'm sorry. Yeah. The
2: other way. So, yeah, yeah, in PPR, I would lower him. And I, th- I think Aaron Jones is, is going to get used a decent amount in the past. So do too. I. So do I. I'm right. I would to carry on Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack now with this news.
0: Really, really hard for me. It's close. Um, I just like Devontae Freeman the most. Uh, I gotta leave, I'm probably <laughs> do, I'm going somewhere. I'll else. probably do carry on, Marlon Mack, Aaron. G- it's really hard. It's really hard. With the UBF's Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm still trying to wrap my head, Frankie. Uh, around this on Johnson, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack Tier. Where is Leonard Fournette, though, for you in your rankings?
2: He's just behind these guys. He's in the same tier. I have him one spot ahead of Devontae Freeman as well. That was a mistake. Come on. I have Leonard Fournette as RB18. Do I just am I just
0: like the idiot like on um Ito Smith? Like I just not think he's not a thing.
2: Is that like wrong? No, I mean I think people like Edo Smith, or at least I'll speak for the crowd that likes Edo Smith in that you're getting a handcuff in the round 10 11 range, sure that for for a running back that is very injury prone, so he could potentially be the starter uh, you know a decent amount this year or they're talking about using him in the Tevin Coleman role as well, so he'll have some standalone standalone value as well. so I think um that's why I like Edo Smith at least this year. He might not be the most talented one, but I don't know if you can use last year as a barometer because their offensive line was so banged up, Greg. And, you know, he only averaged 3.5 yards per carry, but he was a very, very productive running back in college. He was someone that, you know, scored a lot of touchdowns on the ground and caught the ball out of the backfield. So I think that he's someone that can do a little bit of both. I think he's like a dual threat. And. I only like him because, obviously, Devontae Freeman has just dealt with so many injuries. It's not just, like, of course. one part. It's, like, it's been his knee. It's been his groin. It's, he's had concussions. So there's a lot that could go wrong with for, with Devontae Freeman. And because of that, I think Ito Smith is a, a pretty good value right now in drafts.
1: All
0: right, so there you go. That's the deal um, with Ito Smith and Devontae Freeman. I was looking at the uh, Lions' new uh, death chart, and Ty Johnson He's a spark plug. He's going to be one of these guys that catches the ball well in the backfield and has his nice burst. He obviously went to the University of Maryland, which is why I'm talking him up. But, but Ty's good. Ty's good.
2: Tell us what we need to know about him.
0: He, he's just he's a small guy that has excellent speed, that's a good pass catcher, that I think will help fill some of the void from theoretic.
2: Okay, so like a poor man, Cone, Sure. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so a exactly. scat back. I think so. Someone that can catch yeah. the ball. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's your uh, in deep, deep leagues. That could be your theoretic replacement there with the Detroit Lions.
0: All right, we'll take a break here when we come back. Uh, on the other side, we have uh, more notes, especially with Tennessee
1: and Miami. We'll continue on. Action hours next on the VFFs.